Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello everyone and welcome to another bonus episode, Return of the Heraclidae, and thank you for the continued support here on Patreon. Now that we have finished our look at Homer, I have decided to move our focus on, for these bonus episodes, to the early development of Sparta and Athens. For these episodes, I will be looking at certain elements from their early history, such as events, ideas and figures. To begin with, I am going to start with the early founding myths that both of these cities would look to as being tied to their origins. First up, we are going to start with Sparta but I think we will follow on with the founding myths of Athens for the next bonus episode. Then we can move on and explore other aspects around these polis. We would have covered some of these aspects to some degree in the past, but now I want to devote an entire episode to each so that we can look at them in isolation and in more detail. Like I said, we are going to kick things off with the Spartans founding idea that was understood to be the founding of their city, with this seen as the myth of the return of the Heraclidae. This basically looks to the hero of Heracles being the ancestor of the Spartans, through the actions of his descendants. To begin with, I think we'll turn to Heracles himself, being the figure at the centre of this idea. We haven't really covered the hero Heracles yet in the series, so this will allow us to get a basic understanding of his story. Then we'll move on to what took place in the Peloponnese after Heracles' death. This will then see us looking at the actions of his descendants through the passing generations that would eventually lead to the founding of Sparta. Now we need to keep in mind that the episode will be focused on what the myth reports as being the founding story. This is not to say this is how Sparta was founded. For the details around the return of the Heraclidae, we'll be turning to Herodotus, Apollodorus and Diodorus to fill much of the narrative behind this founding myth. So let's begin with the figure central to this foundation myth existing in the first place, that being the hero Heracles. He is classed as a divine hero, meaning he had both mortal and divine parents. His father was Zeus, the king of the gods, while his mother was a mortal named Alcamene. Heracles would result from the encounter between the two when Zeus disguised himself as Alcamene's husband, though her actual husband had been away at war and by coincidence he returned early that very night. Husband and wife would also make love that night, Alcamene thinking it was for the second time with her husband. This would result in Alcamene becoming pregnant with twins, one the son of a mortal and one the son of a god. Zeus's wife, the goddess Hera, as you could imagine, was not very impressed with her husband's infidelity, which he was well known for. The night of Heracles and his brother Iphicles' birth, Hera would begin what was seen as Hera's curse against Heracles. She would approach Zeus and persuade him to ensure the next child born through the house of Perseus would become high king. Zeus, knowing Alcamene, was a descendant of Perseus, and his own son was due to be born that night, 
had no problem in agreeing to this request. With that, Hera would ensure the twins both would be delayed long enough, through the help of Aletheia, the goddess of childbirth, for the premature birth of another child to come into the world from the house of Perseus, Eurystheus. This would see that the position of High King would pass over Heracles. After the birth of the twins, Hera would continue to send ills against this reminder of her husband's infidelity. Initially, she was unsure which of the twins was the son of Zeus, so had two snakes sent into the cradle. Iphicles began crying at the sight of the serpents, while Heracles strangled them both, making it clear who had been sired by Zeus. There would be many tales sung and written about the exploits of Heracles, but by far and away the most popular would be that of his twelve labours. Once again, this would be instigated through the actions of Hera. Heracles had married the Theban king's daughter, Megara, where they would have between two to eight children together, depending on the source. Though Hera would send a madness against Heracles, that would see him kill them all. This would see Heracles now burdened with a blood guilt, with him seeking to be atoned for this sin Hera had forced upon him. In the ancient mythological world, one way to be cleansed of this guilt was to seek tasks set by a king, and if completed, your past transgressions would be dissolved. Heracles would be set ten labours by Eurystheus, who had been born just before him and took the kingship role Zeus had intended for Heracles. Now I know I said the tale was called The Twelve Labours of Heracles, but we will get to that in a minute. The labours that Eurystheus had set were supposed to see Heracles' demise, this being a common theme in a lot of Greek hero stories. Remember, Heracles was from the same house as Eurystheus, so had a connection to the throne. History is full of kings attempting to eliminate members of their own family. They could also have a claim to the throne. This notion is also transmitted into the world of mythology, where kernels of historical events are often preserved. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.